This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstiles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by poppyapparel.com. With the Christmas season around the corner and actually Black Friday this week in North America, because now us Canadians partake in Black Friday because it seeped over the border for some odd reason. So now it's another fucking bullshit excuse to go spend money. But anyways, that's another rant for another day. Maybe next week's episode. We'll see. But go to poppyapparel.com. I am not having a Black Friday sale, so fuck off. But buy something nice because I'll still give you 10% off, which is almost, no, not really a Black Friday, but still, it's still something off. Enter promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D. Free shipping worldwide. It's a women's clothing and apparel store. Buy something nice for yourself or for your woman friend or for your spouse or for whatever woman in your family. And if you want to support me direct, directly, no, directly, go to wehavemerch.com and buy yourself a mug, a t-shirt, men's tea, women's tea. Listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and go to podbros.com. I am part of their network. Listen to the show there with a bunch of other shows on, the, on their network. And while you're there, if you shop at Amazon, click on their Amazon banner. Amazon, now I'm turning into a robot. This is just going south. So you know what? I'll do the plugs again at the end. Fuck off. Everyone else who, who, who listens to the show, my plugs anyways. But this week, let's get right into it. This is a bonus episode because one of the major four wrestling events was on this past weekend. So this is going to be a bonus episode dropped probably tomorrow, and we're recording this on a Monday, so you'll see this sometime Tuesday afternoon in North American time, Eastern Standard Time. But without further ado, the band is back together again. We've been doing sort of one-offs with each other, but all three of us are together. Once again, from the Gato 5 podcast, I have Max and Jesse. Hey, hey what an emotional reunion. <sighs> I know, it's nice to be back, isn't it? All together. See, I, I blame you guys for me stuttering all over my fucking intro. I know you're supposed to be a professional, but I blame the legalization of weed in Canada. Oh. <laughs> Believe it or not, it helps. I'd be stuttering more. <laughs> so so we, good. So um, we've basically all been cheating on each other the last few weeks, haven't we? But now all three of us are back together. Yes, exactly. We, we're, we're back to the, doing the threesome, I guess, the Freebird rule. So all of us are... 
I guess, tagging in at the same time or whatever the fucking rule is because they always... Because actually, before we get into anything, this is not going to be on any of the top fives or... Okay, I'll explain everything after, but anyways, let's get into some wrestling talk. When they said when um, Kalisto got hurt and then after... This is Survivor Series. When Kalisto got hurt and then after... Oh, the Freebird rule. So Metalik just got up and was on the apron after and was able to tag in. Okay, the fr- I thought the Freebird rule was any of the three would... Any of the two of the three would start the match, not halfway through, just switch in between, because that's just bullshit, no? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not how it works at all. But um, I was actually reading up about this just before we came on, and I think that whole introductory um, tag match was a clusterfuck. Because <laughs> according think? to Meltzer, uh, Raw was supposed to sweep every single match, even the pre-show. Oh, but shit. whoever produced the tag match got mixed up and had SmackDown win. Oh, that's no. why they pretended for the whole show it didn't count. Um, yeah, which, which to my credit, I love Corey Graves about the whole show. Right, being like we got we got one on the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, before we go any further, let me explain. Usually, when we ha- when I have the guys on, we run down the whole show. We're gonna change that because there's so many other podcasts out there that do that anyways, and probably do it a little bit better than we do at this point. But we're gonna do top five moments slash matches slash whatever the fuck you want segments. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And that's how we're going to break them down from now on if hopefully this comes out a hit since these guys like doing top fives and so do I on, on occasion. Oh, we, we do, don't we? Are good at top fives. If there's one thing we can do, it's top fives. <laughs> so before we get into some wrestling talk, just for the listeners who like to listen before we go deep into the wrestling realm. So right now, okay, first off, I'm going to call myself out on something that happened that I heard actually on your most recent episode. So I want to call myself out before anything happens because this is how I am, just so people know. Okay, I fucked up. What the fuck is fuck knows and why did that go over my head? <laughs> right. Maybe it's a... Is that not... I don't think it's something that... Is it just a British thing to say fuck knows? I don't know. Because... You know, like, so when someone says um, a question to you and you don't know the answer, you just go, nah, no, fuck knows. Fuck knows the answer. Is that, like, just a British term? Maybe I think so. Like, I think so. I think that's it. So, so you said using the nose, like down there, right? And um, so I said um, you should call that fuck nose, oh. as in fucking with your nose. Got but you. over here, it also means I don't know. You know, fuck nose. Oh, are, see, are you following? No, now I got you because but when I, when we were doing the show, I didn't understand because I just thought you were just throwing out a term, and I was like, okay, fuck knows, whatever. Next, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't know it was actually something like a, a double, I guess, what is it, induendo or en- entendre? Double or entendre. There it is, entendre. It. But yeah, and, and when you explain it like that, it sounds a bit tragic on my part, really. But at the time, it was very quick, quick witted of me. But I honestly got, um, I got like several messages saying they loved the show. Steve was better than Max, you know. <laughs> So my apologies for not understanding British terminology. I got to get a book or some kind of dictionary. Is, is there some kind of like cheat notes I could look up online or something just to get with the times and terms? We could sexual innuendos. Yeah, me and Jessica can work on that. The okay. first Got Till Fire produced book yeah, will, will definitely be that. Well, speaking of sexual innuendos, let's get right into it. Let's get into uh, what's it called? What were we talking about, Max, that Jesse's a, a big fan of and knows a lot about? <laughs> a big fan of? Gonna make you sound like such a degenerate. Um, when I was guesting, 
you're yeah, you're a man of many tastes. But when I was guesting, we uh, we got onto the discussion of sex acts, and one that came up was water sports, which is the art of urination during game day. And uh, yes. Jesse would like to discuss this further. I don't know if I'd like to discuss it further. Is more than is just to sort of put my seal of approval on it, right? Okay. How about this? Because I don't really understand. Okay, what I do understand, obviously, is a golden shower. That's when you just piss on someone, right? Okay, fine, whatever. But now, can you take it a step further? Do people, like, play, like, a fucking get the stream in the hole or, like, I don't know, fucking <laughs> finish and piss at the same time, even if that's possible? I don't know. I've never tried. Like, is there other variations of this, I guess, water sports, so-called? Or is it just straight fucking uh, golden showers? It's an interesting idea. I mean, I've I've normally just done the, you know, um, let loose. And um, I think the more rules you put to sex, the more difficult it is to maintain an erection, generally speaking. So it's just easier to do what you want. You know what? That, I have a, that's um, a good rule of thumb. dictionary definition if you want one, Steve. A what definition? A, I have a dictionary de- definition for you. Okay, go for it. Shoot. So it's a sexual act activity in which urine is involved the presence of urine is generally considered erotic for those indulging in the urine related activities what i wouldn't give for some hot chick to take a piss on me right now i'm a total water sports freak was the definition they gave there you go fantastic that was um yeah i feel like could have been written written by me yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right i could talk about this the whole episode so let's get moving on go on then (laughs) All right, we're going to, okay, now. Hang on, before, before you sure. move on, so What's up? we've just covered water sports. Just before we move on, just because I think all the listeners do want to know, okay. um, where do we stand on lactating? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, Steve, we, we need to know your stance on lactating. Well, I'm going to take it a step further. Are you talking humans or animals? Um, I was talking humans, but um, we, can, <laughs> we can get freaky, you know, it's 2018, nearly 2019. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> that is true. I never thought of it that way. Fuck. Oh dear. Yeah, I don't know. Good peak start. I don't know. I've never been a woman. I've never been with a woman who's pregnant, or me and my wife don't plan on having kids, so she's never going to get pregnant. So I don't know if I, I've, I've never really seen it. I've never searched for it. So now you've put a thought in my head. Now I got to go look for this shit. Thanks. It's, it's worth doing. But is it disgusting, though, man? Is she, like, squirting him in the eye or something? Um, no. I mean, I, mean, um, I used to live in the YMCA, where there were all sorts of characters <laughs> that, um, that inhabited there. Oh, and wow. um, there was one particular lady who had recently had a child, and um, it, was, um, it was sweet in many ways. Figuratively and literally. Uh, you know what? So, listeners, we, us three have now got a WhatsApp group because we're like best friends at this point. Uh, and I feel like Jesse's just going to bring that WhatsApp group to new lows. Shall I start sharing? You should. <laughs> just keep sharing stuff in there. Oh, God. What have I got myself into? See, we don't get to talk about this on our show. We don't get to talk about lactation and water sports. This is a breath of fresh air. Well, I mean, once you lift your head up from the urine, it's a breath of fresh air. Oh, my God. See, where else can you talk about exactly? Your, well, maybe on other wrestling shows this week, they're talking about urinating on TV. But that's besides the point because that's not on my list. And hopefully it's not on your list either. But It's not. It's okay, honorable. Oh, 
<laughs> of course it is. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. All right, funny talk aside, obviously we'll make fun of some shit throughout the show, but for those who don't want to enjoy wrestling, come back at the end. We'll probably have another something. But again, people have told me they enjoy these shows, even if they're not into wrestling, because we're funny guys and we know what we're talking about. So if you're still sticking around, thank you. If not, fuck you. You gave me the download. Thank you. See you next week. All right. You guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. Born ready. All right. Guests are first. What is your number? F- okay, so for those of you who've been living under a rock or don't know, we are talking about NXT War Games or NXT TakeOver War Games, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and Survivor Series. Just those two shows, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, your number five. And, and also, my, my understanding before we came on the air was sure. that we were going to do a top five each. And uh, All so from I each quickly show. had to compress the two together, so... This might not be a perfect list, but for for number five for me, um, for us we're collaborating. We're collaborating, so this is between me and Jesse. Um, number five for us was this is more my personal side of things. I loved from the Survivor Series standpoint Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy. More importantly, it not being on the pre-show and being pretty high up the card because two o five is probably one of the best things they're producing at the moment so to give two of the best workers i'd say at the moment in the main roster we that opportunity was really nice to see and they did a goddamn spanish fly off the announce table yes that was crazy and that's insane well like, that, that, that is, is this the highest is this the highest up a cruiserweight title match has ever been on a pay-per-view yeah i think so yeah um yeah buddy when murphy won it I think it was pretty high up the card, but I still think it was only like probably around about the same area. Mm. True. That was good. Um, great. And it's so nice to have that. Because that's the thing about these cruiserweight matches. Not that I'm the biggest fan of um, flippy shit, but it's nice to have it break up your show, especially when they're at these long WWE shows that they do nowadays. It's really nice to actually have a match in the middle that you know will be flipped like that. Because when it is on the pre-show, not only does barely anyone see it, but also that means we're just getting wall-to-wall big dudes bumping into each other for four hours, which it's it's nice to have that difference, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a nice kind of breath of fresh air when it did happen. And I I can't get over how good Buddy Murphy has become. From like NXT when he was doing his tag team stuff, and then he just went away ate another version of Buddy Murphy, became absolutely jacked to shit, and then came back and is one of, in my personal opinion, one of the best wrestlers on the roster at the moment. Yeah, he's killing it for sure. This this is not on my top five. I was debating between this and my, and my number five, so if there was a number six, this would be my number six moment slash match of the weekend. Yeah, it was... The only reason why is... Okay, you guys are a big fan of 205, so get ready to, to bury me. I'm not a big fan of the two, 205, only because I'm a story-driven fan. And there's barely any storylines except for one or two. And they don't have enough time. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm just disconnected with 205. I don't know why. The rest is fantastic. The The in-ring work is great, but I just can't. I'd rather watch something else. I'm completely with you, Steve. Steve, I'm on your side 100%. Okay. I completely agree with you. Perfect. Yeah, I know it's not a lot of people tune in because you're right. There's no story there. It is just tune in to watch Cruiseway Wrestling. That's if that's it. not really your bag, you're not going to be doing it i feel like nxt uk is kind of suffering from the same thing at the moment there's no real stories being built and it's just you like british wrestling there's some british wrestling for you and it's kind of difficult to get yourself to kind of just tune in every week but the the caliber of matches that they're putting on 
is fantastic, and Mustafa Ali needs so much more credit than he gets, especially in this match. The amount of bumping around he was doing, when Murphy kicked him off to the top rope, and he was just like, fuck it, I'm going to trust fall into the barricade. You know, yeah, crazy. Um, uh, Pokemon. I like, do. Of let, course. Let's say that Seth Rollins is Charizard. Mustafa Ali is Charmander, right? Like, on the evolution circuit. Okay. He's like a baby version of Seth. I can see that. I can see that. And I want to give him a cuddle. <laughs> and he's got a dope kind of Mortal Kombat entrance, which I yeah. like. Yeah, that's We're true. With that. It's not bad. Yeah, that's a good number five, like I said. That would have been my number six. So, yeah, like I said, the work rate was great, but again, disconnected. That's, that's the only problem I have with it. Yeah. So, my number five was actually the main event of the whole weekend which is Brock versus Daniel Bryan. And it's my number five for two reasons. So, okay, obviously everyone knows I'm an MMA fan, right? But obviously Brock Lesnar was a wrestler before he went to MMA. So I guess a little bit of both. But to me, the way it started off and the way Daniel Bryan is trying to portray this, uh, I don't know what he's doing, a crazy character or fucking conceited character (laughs) of some sort... But just Adam, like, speaking of not being connected, like, this match is so cold, there was no build-up, no nothing, and within two minutes of the, when the bell rang, I was so invested, and it's like, okay, now Brock's going to give this guy a beating, whatever, then Brian came back, and then, not the second last, but I, probably the last pinfall that Brian got on Lesnar, that had that, maybe that glistening, I'm like, oh my god, is he actually going to beat fucking Brock? And then it's going to make his persona even more and know like his ego is going to inflate and whatever. So to me, it was very good storytelling. And Brock sells like a fucking maniac. People don't credit him. I know we probably mentioned it before, but those are my two biggest reasons for it being the number five of this weekend. Brock's an, in, Brock's an indie mark, man. You look at the matches that he's had in recent years that he's really excelled in. And as you say, sells incredibly. He's made AJ Styles, CM Punk, and now Daniel Bryan all look amazing. In the last right. few years, he just loves wrestling um, and Smojo. Sort of he loves Smojo as and well. Smojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves wrestling. These sort of indie, um, indie style wrestlers. It's great. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to say is this is our number four, so it's good Perfect. that it's kind of crossed over there. But uh, I think because there's quite a few moments, we'll be doing like taking moments out and then replacing them. So sure. Just to let you know that that was in ours as well. And, and you're right, Steve. It was absolutely fantastic storytelling um whenever i watch daniel bryan now i'm very conscious of his previous head injuries and everything that's happened to him so when he's getting thrown on the back of his head for a good 15 minutes i get a bit nervous Mm. i know that's what i was thinking sorry no that's all i had to say that's what i was thinking too it's like when he was getting thrown around like a ragdoll i was like i guess they really have faith in the doctors that he got cleared it was the first German, wasn't it? That was the worst. Yes, one. it was. He just landed like directly on the back of his head. But um, as you then said, he just dragged him. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just dragged his limb. That's like um, when you play Hitman on the PlayStation and have to hide the body. But yeah, not to like you were saying, um, Steve, and not to shit even more on the two hundred five guys. But like you said, they went into this match completely cold, and Brian had me caring and told a story before the match had even started, just in his entrance and the way he acted around Brock's entrance and stuff, just immediately set the scene in a way that just doesn't happen on things like 205. And that's why Daniel Bryan is rightly considered, you know, one of the best in the world. It's not just what he does in the ring. It's subtly telling stories like that. 
it's incredible. Yeah, of course. Every, everyone uh, seems to forget the heel Brian. He was fucking fantastic. But yeah, the no Brian and the yeah. indie Ring of Honor heel Brian was awesome as well. Yeah, he was which good I too. feel like what we're going to get now is Ring of Honor cocky shit Brian, which ah. makes me so happy because American Dragon cocky shit was just too funny when he started doing the when he kicked the rope and then did the Brock Lesnar what ended up looking like a hoedown <laughs> was just too funny to watch it was brilliant and um yeah I can't wait to kind of see it, it still hasn't kind of sunk in that Daniel Bryan won the WE title right and is now a bad guy it's weird how big how big did that belt look on him when he came out oh it's insane <laughs> it was like his whole torso was that belt <laughs> it's so but true I don't get about Brock is he only seems to give a shit around Survivor Series. You look at every mm. Survivor Series he's done since coming back, uh, when it was against AJ, uh, Goldberg. It's just those are the matches where he like really goes in hard on them. Even back in the day, so he did two Survivor Series back in the early 2000s. Um, 2002 one was his match against Big Show when Paul Heyman turned on him. That was a oh, yeah. um, not necessarily a good quality match, but a, um exciting moment, right? Mm. And then 2003 was Team Lesnar versus Team Angle in what I think is one of the greatest Survivor Series elimination matches has ever been. Very true. Yeah, fair to say. So that's cool. All right, so yours guys, number four is my number. So, so far we haven't touched on any NXT. Interesting. Not yet. Well, we're, not, we're not high enough up the list. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So I guess we should go. Should we go to my number four? Or do you guys want to do an honorable mention then? Uh, I've got an honorable mention. Go for one, it. But I, I, I do want to talk about because okay, cool. I just think it's the most funny, depressing thing that's ever happened in wrestling in recent we, memory. We, Max, it's we, not I. We're a team. Who, who wrote the list? Do you find we, we, hmm? we, we? We're not talking about water sports anymore. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, we believe this is one of the most depressing moments to happen in recent memories. Okay. Uh, Enzo Amore hanging out at ringside. Uh. Good God, that was depressing. So, <sighs> he kind of got clocked early on. He was wearing a wig. And he had uh, a hoodie up, and he was sitting there, and you could see him kind of just, like, checking out what was going on, especially versus the Shinsuke Rollins uh, match that was going on. And and then during the AOP bar match, people started to recognize him, so he got up on, on the chairs, started cutting a promo into his microphone hand, because that's how that works, and uh, trying to get a chant of, how you doing going? Which no one, everyone just looked like, what the fuck is going on? Who's this guy? Oh my god. He genuinely, in his head, man, he thought he was going to hijack the show, didn't he? He was like, yeah. I'll show that I'm going to hijack the show. This is going to be awesome. I'm oh gonna be my this god. massive rap superstar. And it was just, yeah, it's just absolutely tragic. Yeah, but you're not mentioning the best part. He got tackled, not that it's a bad thing, but he got tackled by a security woman and got taken out by her, so... She's yeah, she's the same security woman that um do you remember was it Mania before last when um Gronk came to help Mojo Rawley? Yes. Yes. Um and there was a security lady that didn't know any better didn't seem to be in on it and tried to stop Gronk jumping over but it was the same one, it was her. So she takes no shit, fair play to her. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, so he got escorted out. Enzo, I'm talking about again now, and yeah. he's been banned from attending any future events at Staples Center. Don't know serious? about WE events. And there's also reports that he bumped into a woman oh, during no. the, the kerfuffle, right. knocked her over, and she's been injured. So whether that kind of comes out of anywhere. Um, and as you, <laughs> even, even when Enzo's not wrestling, he's still a botch machine. <laughs> he'll hurt someone. And as you said, Jesse, this was to try and get himself, take over the show and make him a huge rap star because he just released a new album, right. uh, Rosemary's Baby or something. And it's there's a song in there which kind of... Um, 
include lyrics about Liv Morgan and stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, so that might have been his logic, but ridiculous. You're a massive hip-hop fan, Steve. Yes. Um, where do you rate Enzo amongst the all-time greats? Oh, <laughs> Actually, speaking of, he's actually he also does wrestling podcasts. He reviews NXT every week here in Toronto, and he's been on as a co-host earlier on. And uh, we actually touched on this, and they were no good. Sorry, we both we were both hip hop heads, and we're like, no, like we understand what he's trying to do, and it's different, but no, just stop. It's sad to say that he he's a better wrestler than he he is a, a rapper, and that's not much to say. So he's no John Cena, I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, exactly, or even Truth. No. Yeah, or even after truth. Oh my god! I, yeah, I just didn't understand, and it was so embarrassing. Like he should still be relevant, and it should have got at least some reaction. But it's such a seventeen-year-old's logic of like, oh my, my work fired me. I'm going to go in there and cause a scene. It's he's such an idiot. Now was it's it not proven? Drew still do celebrity rehab? Oh, I think he has to. I think he should start it up just for Enzo. So I it, think I was going to say, if Doctor Drew still does that show, I'm predicting we're going to see him on it in the next few years. So it, it's official. He was under the influence when he was there. No, not official at all. But it's just this is just me um, being speculative and possibly slanderous. Oh, okay. Because Which he does so well. Well, people were saying <laughs> that he might have been under the because even when she tackled him, he didn't look like he was all in the state of mind, and he started going off and off, and I don't know. So who knows? I don't. I don't think he's been in the right state of mind for a good three, four years at this point. Maybe even ten. <laughs> so yeah, Enzo, you tried, you're never coming back. Go, go, Poor go old Enzo. Well, there's the curse now of Carmella, isn't there? So our truth better watch out. Oh no, no, our truth's good. Our truth's good. I know, but we've had Cass, we've had Enzo. Anyone attached to her? Yeah, yeah. Ellsworth. Ellsworth, of course. Yeah. Ellsworth's in a bit of proper trouble at the moment. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah, he's been uh, sending uh, dick pics to a 16-year-old girl over Snapchat. Oh, my God. What a fucking creep. I know. Well, I, I don't understand how this isn't a shock to anyone that sees a, that guy with his blonde honey badger hair and offspring tattoos that he's <laughs> a creepy motherfucker. Like, how is that news to anyone? <laughs> That's true. true. But I liked him. I thought he was a sort of stand-up dude, and I liked seeing a sort of scrawny little guy like that live his dream, and it's ruined it for me now. <laughs> I never liked him. Fuck him. Nah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Steve. <laughs> so easy. All right. So I guess my number four. Now I'm going the NXT route. So my number four. I don't know if it's really the match itself because it's not either one of their best matches. But I think it's how the match was laid out. And again, I come from the old school and the homages throughout this match. So my number four is the NXT Championship match, Tommaso Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream. Or oh, Velveteen, Velveteen Hollywood Dream, however you want to say it. Yeah, right. He, I liked him. Um, come, I mean, obviously, based on, um, based on the ethnic background of Velveteen Dream, I imagine Hulk Hogan was livid. But um, it's, it was it was a um, it was a great match, and um, my favourite bit of the match actually happened just at the end. Did you appreciate when um, Champa retained, and the camera was on Champa lying on the mat with mm-hmm. the belt, looking all happy, and then the camera panned out, and he was just like lying on Velveteen Dream, and I didn't expect Velveteen Dream to be there. They were sort of entwined with each other. It was brilliant oh, for right. a long time as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he is a dream. I don't know. And, he is a dream. 
and Champa is a little bit out there, but no, for me, the, this thing that I liked, again, it was all the homages, like obviously to Hogan, he even did a little Macho Man homage when he draped him over the top, then ran to the top in double axe handle. I'm surprised Morrow didn't catch that. And it's good to hear Morrow back again, by the way. The last few episodes have been garbage without him. Yeah, definitely. But I'm surprised yeah, he, he didn't did catch that. Homages. He did some Ric Flair. He did a bit of Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Bret Hart. Cause he did the um, on the ring post, didn't he? Exactly. Mm. So to me, that's yeah. why I enjoyed this match. Again, it wasn't a very good work, as they say, work-rated match. But there were a lot of good, close pinfalls. And it was all right. I guess if I'd had to rate it, maybe two and a half, three. But again, it was just everything that was put together and how they did it. That's why. See, I personally love this. This is number two on my list. Oh wow, um, you went that high. Okay. I fucking love this match. I was I was standing by the end. It, it doesn't take it takes a lot for me to kinda of like be that invested in a match and kind of standing up okay, and okay. watching it. It does. No, it does. It it takes like three near fools. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? Um but there was a lot of near fools in this match and it was very <laughs> tense. Because um, Champa's one of those guys where I don't see him having a long run with the title, but at the same right. hand, I also do, which kind of makes every title defense exciting because I'm like, right, he could lose at any moment. It's not <laughs> like when I see it with Balor or Shinsuke where I know they're going to hold it for ages. Yeah. Champa, I feel like they could take it off him at any point. And uh, I think realistically in my head, I was like, okay, Dream's not at that point yet. But after that match, Dream is definitely at that point. Who do you see beating Champa for the title? Yeah, What's good question. I, I, I don't know, because I feel like it's got to be Johnny to kind of finish off the story. You think? Yeah, but Johnny's got his own heel thing going on now. Yeah, but him believing he's the good guy, and I just don't know. It's What, what about yeah. you? <sighs> Adam Cole. Adam Cole, that's a great shout. That's a really uh, good shout. Yeah. Even though Adam, they're both heels, but again, we're seeing the turn of them being the cool faction and everyone chanting for them. So that that might set that up because I you know you know what I actually see happening with this whole Champa and Gargano thing, them hooking up again and being a tag team. Honestly, I was convinced that um, Gargano was going to come out and like help Champa retain or something. Or I reckon that will happen at the next takeover. Or something. I think so too. I don't know. Heel DIY. Yeah, that's what I, and then that's how they go out and get called up because I don't think I think they should be called up together, not in, individually, because I think they're just going to be lost in the shuffle like everyone else. Oh, one thing I definitely don't want is anyone from that card that was on that takeover war games to be called up. It, it's so it used to be so exciting of like, oh, who's going to get called up? Can't wait to see them. Now it's like, please don't do it. Well, please actually, just keep them down there. One of my honorable mentions because I love this guy in NXT, and we got to see his vignette of. Coming soon, but to what show, we don't know. Lars Sullivan. Yeah, right. So that he's coming. He, I guess he's the next yeah. call-up after Survivor Series. So there you go. Well, there you go. That's it, though, isn't it? Like, whenever you get a decent big guy in NXT, you just... I Fast think forward. I heard the interview with Triple H or something. They're just like, just keep him a secret from Vince. Just keep him a secret from Vince. Do not let Vince see that they've got a guy this big in NXT. Because Vince will just cream himself and want him up there straight away. That's what happened to... I mean, Braun Strowman never even got a chance to appear on NXT before Vince got hold of him. Right? No, he didn't. You're right. It's true. And uh, whenever I see, especially in that package that they were showing, I was just like, it's just Gene Snitsky all over again. And if he doesn't punt a baby, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, yeah. and you know what? It's Gene Snitsky meets George the Animal Steel. Yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> 
There you go. That's what Lars Sullivan looks like if those of you who don't know what he looks like. <laughs> perfect, perfect representation. Um, I, I personally think that um, Undisputed Era will get called up around about Royal Rumble time. I could see I that. Like they're, they're all going to go up. Um, I don't know. Do you reckon all four getting pulled up like they did Sanity? But look what happened to Sanity. It was That's kind of such a waste. I love Sanity. Yeah. They should have just waited Even, w- when they yeah. did it with, with Nikki. Even though, who knows if she's even going to be on a pr- the permanent roster or if it's just because they were in the UK, right? Yeah, because she, she answered Becky's challenge, didn't she? Yeah. It seemed like it was a call-up. I know. But it I'll seems be- like such a weird way to kind of take her off NXT TV. That's true. Because, she's yeah, she's intertwined in that whole shit too. And why does she know what she knows and whose side is she on and who knows? Yeah. We'll yeah. It's, if Undisputed Era do get pulled up, um, I, I hope they're not lost in the shuffle. Adam Cole... I think it's fine. I think he'll be, you know, able to rise up pretty... It's the guys like Fish and uh, O'Reilly. O'Reilly I worry about the most. Why? Because he's because... Canadian? Is that why? Yeah, that's why, <laughs> What the fuck, man? <laughs> he's got so much charisma and he's so good. And I'm just so scared. He does. He just... plays the air guitar perfectly. Leave him alone, all right? <laughs> I want nothing but the best for him. I just uh, hope it. he doesn't do a Bobby Roode and disappear. True, oh, I know, God. but you know see, what? I completely forgotten about If they do get called up, I see them doing the whole Nexus angle where they just come up and tear the fuck up out of someone, and that's how they're going to make their stamp. It has to be. Which other way can they make an appearance? Well, they're NWO 2.0, aren't they? So that's how they need to. That's how they need to be when NWO first appeared in WCW, and they were just, you know, complete anarchists, fucking shit up. How about this? This is my prediction. It's gonna be it's gonna be the finally so called awaited takeover of NXT of WWE and they're gonna be leading the charge because they wear yellow and black. I would like that. I would like that. Uh-huh. I was like Undisputed Era, love Undisputed Era, they need to sort their merch out. Their t shirts are shit, and I want to wear a decent Undisputed Era t shirt. Oh, it's just that generic um they were doing it for a good solid year. Any t shirt that was released, if they had a first name and a last name, they would just do the two initials in that kind of text. Mm. Yeah, shit. And it, yeah, it looked awful. Same so. thing. Same thing with their sign language. Uh, they got to change their sign language. That's not easy to pull off. It's not like too sweet or fucking any or the chop or whatever. No, you got to like legitimately do stuff with your fingers that half the people yeah, can't fold it over. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. Two in the pink, one in the sting going on. Isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. See. See. No, that I, I could accomplish. <laughs> That's easy. That's easy shit. No pun intended. Or maybe intended. That's basically what Nakamura does, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. His fingers are constantly in that position. I've got a t-shirt with, um, I get Nakamura t-shirt with right. his hands on doing that. I was thinking, out of context, I just look like a pervert. That's all right. It's <laughs> all good. Usual. It's, there you go. See? So where are we now? I lost uh, count. It's our number three. You've taken our number two, so we might just have to throw in an honourable mention after after this one. Oh, that's right, because I said number four, you're three. three. Yeah, go ahead. For us, hanging out in the NXT TakeOver realm again, and it's Black versus Gargano. Oh, that's my number two. So perfect. We just swapped. Go for it. Boom. Boom. Um, yeah. First thing that I noticed was um, Alistair Black with the fake tan. Shouldn't really be doing that. <laughs> no. Uh, he got a good... Uh, Good stained titty, and no one did his back, and it was really weird. Don't know why that kind of threw me off, but besides that, uh, Black had awesome ring gear, his new Spike one, and Gagano with the Punisher style new logo. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and um, the thing I've realised I love about Gagano is 
he's not bland, but I don't really give a shit when he's not wrestling. Okay. And I go, oh, here's a Gargano match coming up. Mm. And then when he wrestles, I go, oh my god, he's my favorite wrestler ever. <laughs> he's you know so good. I feel the same um, way. I feel the exact same way. When he's out that, outside the ring, I'm like, ah, whatever. When he's wrestling, I'm like, hey, this guy actually challenges Shawn Michaels for my greatest of all time. And then after it's over, I'm like, nah, I still like Shawn Michaels. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's pulled out two five-star matches um, this year alone for WWE, which yep. is ridiculous. And I would even hazard a, get, a guess it's going to be 4.75, if not 5, for this one as well, because the strikes that they were delivering to each other and the pacing and the storytelling yep. was just perfect for me i thought it was absolutely brilliant um the control alistair black has over his limbs is crazy unsettling mm-hmm. on, on quite a few levels that first of two black masses that he hits where he just he brushes but it looks like he takes his face off it's incredible the way he hits it it's crazy it's great i just love it when he um holds up he did it in this match, but I've said he did it a few times. When he holds up his opponent's um, head with his foot, yes, before spinning and doing it, just mm-hmm. well, that's such a cool spot. Yeah, that was like the best thing about the storytelling because it harkened back to when Champa was backing off from Gagano um, for Mercy, and then you saw uh, Johnny being like, "Do it! I need you to do it." And he put his hat, his head on his foot, yeah. was mm. begging him to do it. I was just like, "This is this is why I love wrestling." The storytelling, the little nuances in it, it was just a great match. And when he did the suicide dive and he got kneed in the face, again, amazing. Greatest thing ever. I think this was Johnny Gargano's first takeover match this year that wasn't the main event. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think you're right. Good call. He is Johnny Takeover. I think he's uh, definitely earned that moniker. Never held held the NXT title, and he's headlined every takeover this year, bar... um, this one. Yeah, and and I love the the heel character he's doing as well. The I'm right, I'm not a bad guy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just doing what needs to be done. Um, I I feel like there's not enough complexity added to heel and face dynamics, and I feel like they're kind of nailing it with that one. Mm, definitely. So yeah, absolutely love this match. Um, I've watched it twice already, oh, which wow. is always a good sign. <laughs> so uh, I think when we do our end of year awards for favorite matches this will be sitting pretty in that list mm. yeah like for me like i said it's my number two right and you already mentioned it when um gargano was doing the tope su- suicida and he caught him knee flush like it looked so and again my background mma that looked like it almost hurt like that was so realistic and then even with black and he him doing a spinning knee when the fuck have you ever seen a spinning striking knee before i know I that's that crazy hits, like, thank you cleanly I know, and it looks good. Like, you know what I mean? It's, he, I don't know, he's just so clean with everything. I don't know if it's because of his kickboxing background too, because he comes from the Netherlands or whatnot, but I don't know, he's just, he, he's fantastic. He should be called up like now. Like, speaking yeah. of guys being called up, that's it. Get him out of there. He has nothing else to do. Let, let him go. I think he would do well on the main roster, um, Alistair Black. On SmackDown, yeah, I agree. Though. He's got the, um, I, don't, I don't know how to put it into words, but sort of, the quiet charisma do you know what i mean yeah he's, yeah he's got that it factor but put it you have to put him on smackdown or else obviously whoever starts off on raw you're just lost i'm sorry it's true um, i'd like to see him against the um heel daniel bryan that we're enjoying at the moment Ooh, that'd be a good match i want to see uh more of him and mcintyre i feel like we didn't get enough 
on uh, oh. on NXT. I loved seeing those two work together. Yeah, that's not a How bad do you one feel too. About um, McIntyre on the main roster so far. I think he's killing it. I he's feel doing like well, isn't he? yeah, they've they've gone okay. We know what we've got here now, and uh, yeah, they're they're just going to keep running with it, and I hope they keep running for quite a long time with it. Yeah, it's. I can't remember if you know Steve, but uh, McIntyre is Max's man crush. Oh, Oh, it's ridiculous! It's unhealthy. Oh shit! Okay, to each his own, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's Um, it's nice to see one of my picks for the Rumble. um, Funny enough, to win the Rumble. You know what? That's not a bad pick. To, to yeah. think about it we'll see we'll see what happens but then again look, look what happened with this weekend half the matches weren't supposed to be half the matches right yeah this what, is true what was Survivor Series like they just threw everything out even before um, the show started there was what Natalia, Natalia and Ruby Riot got taken out that's what I'm talking and about and Sasha and Bailey, and then Mandy Rose got introduced yeah everything changed yeah, that's what I don't understand. If it was actually legitimate issues or if it was just on the fly. Did you guys hear anything about all these changes or is it just whatever? I have no idea why Natalia and Ruby Riot have been taken out. Mandy Rose, obviously, to replace Charlotte and Makes you know, sense. everything that stemmed from Becky yeah. um, that's been happening. But yeah, Natalia, Ruby Riot, not a clue. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, well, I guess it is. It was still an, uh, a decent show, regardless. It was the first, this is the first Survivor Series in. Um, a couple of years now that I didn't walk away from feeling depressed which is probably a good sign you know what yeah same here yeah. alright so well, I guess since 2000 yeah 2015 was the last one I remember enjoying because of that awesome uh, men's tag team but yeah 2016 2017 no yeah no no interest crazy uh, what number are we on now number three I guess my number three yes okay this one hasn't been said yet so Unless it's your number one, because you revealed your number two, then we'll be talking about this for a while. But my number three is, oddly enough, because I hate them both as wrestlers, and I've already got on my rants about her, that I don't think she's fluent enough, fluent? No, fluid enough in the ring. But it's Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. You son of a bitch. Is that your number one? Yep. Wow, really? All right, we'll take yours now. Sorry, we could talk about the uh, War Games match, Max. That'd be good. Yeah. But I completely agree. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte, I think I actually rate both of them as wrestlers. I think um, I think Charlotte um, is perfectly capable of putting on fantastic matches. And this match showed me that she's actually nailing story stuff and character stuff in a way that I haven't really seen her do before. I thought she did, did a stunning job particularly at the end of this match and her sort of big turn and everything. I thought yes. it was brilliant. Um, I think, Rhonda, I know you're obviously a big MMA fan mm-hmm. and I'm completely ignorant to that stuff. So I sure. imagine you're watching it. You're watching a legit MMA fighter do sort of what's clearly fake and that bothers you, right? Not really, because I know how to suspend it and be like, okay, she's literally playing a different role. It's not her badass as much as they say it is. But as much, like, everyone's like, oh, Ronda's so good in the ring. It's like, not really. She's using still MMA techniques. She's not usually using wrestling techniques. What's so good about Ronda, again, is the same thing with Brock. It's the way she sells and the way she knows how to tell a story. Like, I don't know if it's, again, a a theme with the MMA guys because they used to get hit in the face and they know real pain. And that's why they know how to sell it. But I just find that she's, she's a very good seller and she knows what she's doing. You could tell she's been a long life fan, obviously. 
Yeah, definitely. Because um, I had a friend message me after this. Um, he was talking a lot of shit about it. And he said uh, Ronda basically out-wrestled Charlotte. And I was like, no, she didn't. Not even close. This, this kind of showed more the sloppiness of Ronda. Like, Ronda yeah. is still fantastic, don't get me wrong. Right. But um, I thought Charlotte really... Sh- this is the first time I've gone, wow, I really love that Charlotte Flair match. Me too. Mm. Me too. This is the first yeah. real Charlotte Flair match. I've ever- now I see what other people have been seeing. But again, I don't know if this was just because of the hype of her being a Flair. That's why everyone was, I guess, more googly-eyed than I was. Because again, I was never a huge Ric Flair mark. But I don't know. I just never thought her that she was that good. Like she was clunky in the ring. No, she felt like that. But this, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe because I didn't see her do a moonsault or do any of those other moves that they say is so athletic. But then you compare it to the chicks in NXT who are doing it. It's like, you can't even fucking compare Charlotte to these other chicks. But I don't know. I guess it is what it is. But she did She did good. Like this is the Charlotte I want to see. I don't want to see a high-flying Charlotte. I want to see, so to speak, like a Ric Flair scumbag heel running away and causing shit like you know what i mean yeah it was it was such a good match in terms of the intensity that charlotte brought to it you know busting up ronda's lip whatever the fuck she did to her ears um and that was the kendo stick i think yeah yeah it was so, so the wrestling side of the match i was getting close to being like this is up there with the sasha bailey brooklyn best women's match I've ever watched wow. and then when the kendo stick spot happened I went oh I had that typical like oh it's a DQ finish right this is now shit it's now like dropped a couple of stars for me but the fact she went on that relentless tear against Ronda boosted it right back up again that's exactly that was like an attitude era beat down thank you and yes. I feel like that's why the crowd started cheering Charlotte and booing Ronda because that's what happens Especially with the big four pay-per-views in the arenas, mm-hmm. if you give them a taste of like how it used to be, they're going to cheer for that person, oh, of course no matter what you do. Um, and yeah, I thought that beatdown was savage and brilliant. No, it is. And the reason why it is my number three, because again, the match itself, no spectacular. It was a good match, yes, like I said, but it was the ending of the a reminder of the Attitude Era. And this is officially the first seeds planted of the horse women versus the horse women, if you think about <clears> it. <throat> Because I know exactly what's going to happen now. Charlotte's going to go heel. She's going to team up with Becky. They're going to go against Ronda, and something's going to happen, like at WrestleMania or something, where it's all four against... Shayna gets called up, and you, you know what I mean? Then the other two are just hanging around, and they're going to do some kind of tag team or something. Watch. For sure. It has to be. Do you want to, do you want to hear my massive, my massive punt? Go for it. I think that WrestleMania this year is going to be headlined. The main event... Uh-huh. Is going to be Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. Hundred percent, yeah. Even I with the it's rumors, gonna it's going to close the show. Even with the rumors of Brock versus Rock. Yeah, that, if it happens, it won't close the show. Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch will close the show. Oh, you don't think it'll be a Charlotte closing? Because everyone's always said if it's going to be someone, it's going to be Charlotte in that main event slot. But the, the, I'm sure that they thought that at some point. But the popularity Becky Lynch has been getting recently is just off the chain. I mean, between a box office star like Ronda Rousey and the natural, almost Stone Cold-esque way that Becky's gaining this popularity for being an absolute like badass, yeah, uh, they'd be they'd be crazy not to capitalize on that. It's unreal the popularity Becky's got. You, you go on Twitter, you go on it's anywhere. Nice. Like everyone's profile picture is that iconic image of her being busted open, and it's it's everywhere. As we mentioned on the last podcast, the fact that. Daniel Bryan um, became WWE champion, and no one really talked about it. All anyone was talking about was Becky Lynch. That's yeah. huge. It's crazy. I know. Plus, she's Irish, so she's almost local. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. Well, 
we'll take her in. Um, but yeah, I, um, I would love that. It would be really cool to kind of see how they build this momentum uh, going forward. I hope they and, do. That's what I yeah, hope they seriously I, do. Continue it. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the match between Ronda and Charlotte, I, I don't know where they're going to go with Charlotte now, in all honesty, whether she's going to, because she's went super heel on on that, whether she's now going to try and help Becky get more of that heat, I, I don't know. But well, between maybe. between Becky, uh, Ronda, Charlotte now, and the heat that Nia Jax is getting, they've got a hell of a women's division on their hands if they treat it right. Well, this is what I wanted to go into. Like, Obviously, our number two's been taken, and I'm pretty sure we can agree what our number one can now be based on Steve. Sure. Um, let's quickly talk about the heat that Nia Jax was getting in that women's match. Go for and it. So, so first thing everyone kind of said was, so Nia comes out, the heat is unbelievable from the LA crowd, and Nia, because she's recently turned heel, leans into it. She's br- dusting off her knuckles. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. And the thing that I want to address that everyone's been talking about on the internet is, oh, how dare they reward Nia after what she did? How dare they reward unsafe work? I'm like, first of all, Nia was getting a push anyway by winning the um, the Battle Royale and was going to face Ronda. You keep Ronda strong um, by facing Ronda, so you want her to win this 5-on-5. Five five. Right. Okay, yeah, it was unsafe, but the reaction she's getting, you're better off capitalizing on it than shunning her and punishing her for it. Turning a real-life injury or a real-life event into a storyline is hardly a new thing. No, exactly. And everyone's reaction to their fake girlfriend, Becky Lynch, being hurt, (laughs) it it, it makes me sick. Like, all of the, like white knights of the internet protecting Becky Lynch and going after Naira is just ugh, makes me feel dirty inside. Oh, fuck. Yeah, where do we, where do we stand on? I think we've talked about this before, Max. Uh, Steve, where do you stand on having um, celebrity women, uh, wrestlers in this case, or but it could be anyone, like just celebrity women in general, as your phone wallpaper? What? Well, if you're single, go for it, I guess. I still find it creepy. Why not? It, that's what they're there for. So you, so you find that creepy and you don't find pissing on people creepy? <laughs> what the fuck? I, I get consent from these people before I wheel them. Oh, so that's what's creepy for about... Yeah, but they know people are fucking jerking off to them, putting them places where they shouldn't be and looking at them 24-7. That's their fucking job. Like You know what I mean? It's not their job. It's a, it's an unfortunate side effect. Well, it comes with the like, job. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, like I was on the bus. Um, I've told Max about this, and um, just you know, someone sitting in front of me. I happened to see that he had a, his um, lock screen on his phone was Bailey, and it's like Bailey seems like a child to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that it's is creepy. Weird. That is a bit creepy. Yeah. Just yeah. Just. It just it just sits odd with me. I don't know why, but I'm sure yeah. Becky Lynch is um, is on the lock screen of many a neckbeard at the moment. <laughs> um, I wouldn't doubt it. Fuck. Well, I kind of have a like a little confession, Jesse. Like I don't oh. have a picture of Becky Lynch, but I have a someone did a artistic drawing of her getting her like face busted open. Oh. It's a really fucking cool drawing, and nice. it, it is my lock screensaver at the moment. So I was going to bring this up to you. Do I now fall into that category? You are a filthy pervert, and I will wee on you. <laughs> good to know. Good to know where I stand. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, with Naya getting the heat that she's getting, capitalize on it. Why of course, the fuck you have not? To. It keeps 
when eventually, most presumably at the Royal Rumble, when Becky comes out and she goes face to face with Nia, the place is going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember years ago how Edge became one of the biggest stars of all time by fucking his, one of his best friends' girlfriends? Ex- yes. Perfect like, example. People get rewarded for bad things in wrestling. Yeah, it's just oh, the way it is. Could you imagine if Nia gives Ronda her first loss? They can't do that. If they oh, do that, man. I quit. I quit. I'm done. Uh, I, I would I would applaud WWE for that bravery. And if they do a clean, even worse. <laughs> yes. She beats her with a leg drop. Oh, I'd oh, love it. Taps her out. <laughs> <laughs> By what? Oh, no. I was going to say something so mean I'm not. I'll, leave I'll, I'll let it be. I'll let people's imaginations take over. You were going to say she was going to sit on her, weren't you? Yes, and suffocate her. Yeah. <laughs> See, we all thought it, Steve, but we don't go there. Hey, wrestling's fake, so that comment was fake too, all right? That's true. That you've worked comment. Yeah, but you're 100% right, Jesse. The, the women's division at the moment is um, on the point, it. and they can do so much with it. So let's Isn't hope it they funny do. that when Stephanie McMahon steps away from it, it it's gets better. good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so like I get more invested in the women's stuff now than the men's quite easily because uh, it's a lot more interesting. Uh, they need to sort of ask her. The, yeah, the, to do I was something. thinking that. Getting. I loved watching Sasha Banks and Asuka for the few minutes we got that um, in that match. I want to see, I want to see Sasha Banks and Asuka given some time in a proper match. I think that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I guess that was your. Substitute number two. I need a substitute number two because my substitute, well, my original was Black versus Gargano, so we already touched on that. It's true. Okay, so my substitute, I'm going to do a com. Ah, I don't Okay, you know what? No, I'll make this my number three uh, or my number two, and then my other honorable mentions we'll mention after if we have some time. So my number yeah. three, he appeared on the show, I believe, three times as a bumbling idiot, and everyone knows I love comedy. So my number three is just, in whole, R-Truth. Yes, thank you. Or, or my number two, sorry, is R-Truth. Of what he did. First, thinking he's on the SmackDown women's team, which was fucking hilarious. Then, he thinks he's on the Raw's men's team when he's not even on Raw. And finally, he wants to be on the actual team and he doesn't even know he's on SmackDown. <laughs> I love R-Truth's been doing the same gimmick for how many years now? Who cares? It's yeah, still fun. funny. It is, I know. Because <laughs> he does it very good. It's just when he's talking to Shane, he's like, can I jump over to SmackDown? And he goes, you are on SmackDown. <laughs> that, bit, that line just killed me. And, uh, everyone's faces when he got involved in the Raw team, and he was like, guys, settle down, we can't be fighting. And everyone would just be like, what are you doing? I know, right? No, he's, he's fantastic. And I love the comic relief. I don't think they have... Some people say, obviously, that... Money doesn't or funny doesn't equal money, but obviously a whole show shouldn't be funny. But you insert these little in between matches or vignettes or even like I hate to admit it, I'm actually enjoying the mix max max match challenge this year, just because of it feels more like they're loosened up. It feels more like how we talked about an indie show, like you know what I mean. It's not them on script; it's them actually having fun and fucking around. The wrestling isn't the greatest, but you know what I mean. It's something different. It's quite. It feels like. Um... Do you, you remember when you were at school and you'd get like a supply teacher? Right. You think, oh, we could just fuck about now. That's Thank exactly you. Mixed match challenge feels like, and I really like that. 
Exactly. So to me, that I don't know. Truth just made me laugh the whole episode. I was like, I want more. I was hoping it was going to come out during the Brock Lesnar match or something. But then I understand they want to make that serious or whatever. But I would, I would have <laughs> fucking died. Or even during. Can you imagine if Brock Pro- Lesnar's music starts playing okay. and then our um, Truth just walks out instead. <laughs> or no, he comes out instead that. of Paul Heyman and introduces Brock Lesnar. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> what did he do one year? Was it uh, the Royal Rumble where he comes out with the ladder and thinks it's money in the bank? <laughs> Or even the uh, year where he was scared of being on ladders because he was in a ladder match. I think he was in a tag team at that point. I don't remember who he was. Was it with the Miz? Was that when they were tagging? No, that's yeah, when possibly. he was like proper serious. Uh, yeah, I think it was just after that. Yeah, yeah it was. It was the whole Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think he was scared of going on that. But he's to him. To me, him and Goldust are still gold. I don't know why they don't put them together, man. Yeah. yeah, there's something about um, something about Goldust and um, the black guys that just work. <laughs> He's found his niche. Yeah. Hey, we all have him. Goldust and Booker <laughs> T was one of my favorite tag teams. They were brilliant together. Of course they were, especially uh, Tarek Goldust. That's my favorite version of Goldust. So yeah, that was my number two, I guess, to substitute since we haven't touched on our truth. I had to give him a, an honorable mention in there because, like I said, he made me laugh. Good shout. He was in my honorable mention list as well, so, so good call on that one. And I think it's safe to say our number one is the same. I would assume so. War Games. I would assume so. It's got to be War Games. The actual match. Do, do we think, before we talk about it, sure. do we think it was better than last year's War Games match? I vote Yes. Yeah, by a little bit. Not by much, but I did enjoy this year. I see, I'm going to say last year's was slightly better. I'm not taking anything away from this year's, but I did enjoy last year's more. Okay, it's fair. They were both good, decent matches, obviously. So what did you... Oh, again, this is stupid because we'll probably touch on everything that happened in this match, but what is your top moment of the match? Because there's so many. Oh, I personally liked when they all kind of split off. And then... Ooh. The first team was in one ring and then the other one was in the other and then they just kind of came together. I like I like yeah, those little cool. moments in wrestling. Those yeah. little iconic little snip, uh, snapshots. And uh, the bravery of that one cameraman who stood in the <laughs> middle for that entire show. <laughs> He's a goddamn hero in my eyes. Um, yeah, there's so many cool moments in, in this uh, match. What about you, personally. Jesse? What's... Ricochet's double moonsault has to be mentioned, right? Well, that, that was going to be mine. I, I call it the 720 backflip off the top row, off the top of the cage. <laughs> it was it was absolutely insane. And he so nearly um, like landed headfirst into the pile of bodies as well. Right. But then he landed on his feet. And I just don't understand how he moves. He is literally a liquid cat. <laughs> oh. He is a bold liquid cat. You, you know who he is? <laughs> he's he's the, the Terminator from Terminator 2, the liquid metal guy. Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's what Ricochet... That should be his... If he ever has a big mania entrance, it should be based on that. He can't, though. Triple H did it. Now Cage is... Uh, I always forget his first name, but Cage is doing the, the Terminator gimmick oh, where yeah. they slam Brian on the mat. Cage. Kenny Brian Omega's Cage. done it. Yeah, Kenny Omega's yeah, done it. People love the Terminator in wrestling, don't they? They really do. Um, the, the only criticism of this whole match, and yeah. I know me and Jesse have discussed this, okay. was... Um, Pete Dunn getting double padlocked in the cell when you could quite easily lift the cage off the floor. 
it wasn't attached to anything. You could <laughs> go underneath it. Every time they nudged the cage, it moved about six inches. <coughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been a difficult thing to do. And the referee, so like, um, what was it? Fish. Fish locked the double locked the cage and threw the key away. Right. Three minute countdown, and then the referees go, "Shit, we should probably try and figure out how to get him out." Yeah. And then run and go and get. <laughs> you had three minutes to either get the key or go and get some bolt cutters. Nah, it was classic WE referee logic. Oh I enjoyed God. speaking of referee logic and just referees being referees. Jumping back to Charlotte Ronda when Charlotte was pushing down all the referees and like she'd basically just tap them and they'd go absolutely flying out the ring. I thought it was brilliant. It's just <laughs> the, 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 the anatomy of referees is insane. Oh, it's ridiculous. But uh, there's so many yeah, good things. I, I found with War Games it was interesting the fact that it was it was a little bit slower to start than last year um the the two-on-one advantages took me a little while but once more people started kind of flowing into the match and especially when war games did actually kick off um it got unreal mvp of the whole match was um what's his name hansen from uh, oh, yes. war raiders or war machine whatever they're called now yeah, yeah and that man can move like he belongs in 205 He's good. He's brilliant. Is he? Is he the one that did the handspring? Um... He did the yeah. He did the handspring back elbow. He did yep. the the, jumps, the the springboard clothesline, whatever oh, he was doing, too, and right. then the leap from the one ring to the other to squash O'Reilly. I was just like, how is this possible? I love that that handspring elbow. And normally, I hate hate it when wrestlers do moves with no transition to them. And it's right. Just like, oh, here's a spot. But. I actually didn't mind this one because there was just the comedy of it almost. Just the fact that he was standing there and then out of nowhere for no reason just does a does a handstand and springs off the ropes. It was great. Well, he did a cartwheel when he entered the match as well. Like yeah. He did so much. He, he was obviously like, this is my moment. Well, this how about his, uh, uh, no one mentioned this, his fucking forever clotheslines. Yes. Oh. <laughs> ah. Fuck, I'm so, I thought he was going to have a fucking heart attack. He was just going to keel over in the middle of the ring. Guy, dude could go, man. Uh. It got to the point where everyone was like, this is going on for a bit longer. And then everyone went, this is brilliant. This is going on for ages. <laughs> there was that shift. <laughs> oh, my God. These guys seem to be the MVPs of um, of these matches. Do you remember Killian Dane in last year's? He was absolutely stunning. Yes. yes. Yeah, Killian was the best. No, he was. He was the MVP of the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, and also the little nod back to last year of Kyle O'Reilly where he hit the rope and almost hit himself in the head again and he stopped it, but then got the chair kicked into his head. Yeah. I was like, that's brilliant as well. And, uh, and yeah, he did the air guitar with the chair. One of them. Don't forget yeah, about that. air guitar. Can't forget the air guitar. <laughs> Disappointing for me that Undisputed Era didn't win. I Everyone was saying this, but I think to have them win two war games in a row... Oh. Yeah, it should be it's that Oh, that's true too. It could be that. Yeah, I could see. I could see both both ways. I think. Yeah, I think it should have like become like if they won this one and then even win next year's, and it just becomes a bit of a streak. I think that would have been awesome. No, I liked. Yeah, I didn't really see any benefit for them kind of winning again, and it kind of. I don't know, cheapen war games. I like the story they've kind of built with Ricochet and Dunn both getting the pin. Yes. We never got the, the overall finish to when Ricochet and Dunn faced each other and it ended in a, a no contest. So now they're going to build up another little feud together. Well, that and has also, to be the next takeover. How fucking mental is it that a lad from Birmingham main evented the Staples Centre and ended up winning war games? 
it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, we know how you feel now when um, you see Canadian boys done good, Steve, because right. uh, yeah, CMP, you know, who we've seen wrestle in front of um, a couple of dozen people, you know, in the past, you know, and then just watching him in venues like that, in matches like that, is just absolutely insane. It is insane because uh, to me, I, it's not even more a Canadian thing anymore. It's more of who I've seen when they were in front of a crowd of like you said, like in, like for example. House of Hardcore, when I went to that uh, event, when they hit here Toronto, you'll never... Look, look who's on the card. Bobby Roode, um, Tommaso Ciampa, um, oh, fuck, uh, the Young Bucks, I can't remember, and whatever, so forth and so on. But half of the people are either killing it in New Japan or killing it in NXT slash WWE. And it was like, to think that they were just there three three years ago, it was like, what the fuck? It's crazy, you know? Yeah, it, it's you see that all the time with the British scene at the moment. Um, you will see these guys, and then the next week they're on WWE TV, and oh, you're like, that's, "That's really cool." It is. It's a business nowadays, isn't it? It is indeed. It is indeed. Um, yeah, craziness. But war games overall. Um, I was really nervous right. that there was going to be no uh, weapons or anything introduced, right. and. I got great. really nervous when they introduced the tables, obviously, because of what happened to What's-His-Face from Sanity last year. Oh, that's right. Um, oh, yeah. Lars. Lars. Something like that. I always forget his name. The other guy. But, yeah. He got his head cracked open, and which is one of the reasons why I thought this one was better, because I feel like that really kind of mm. took a lot out of the match last year. No, um, give me blood. <laughs> blood and piss. Blood and piss. <laughs> Can't wait for Jesse to get his own t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, blood, piss, and milk. There you go. <laughs> the key things in life. <laughs> That's going to be the name of my autobiography. Oh, my God. All right, any under, uh, other honorable mentions you guys want to get off your chest? We could shoot uh, around. Drake Maverick pisses himself for no reason. Yeah, no, and you know, that was a kind of a botch because he was like pointing and nothing was there yet. And it was like... What the fuck? And then all of a sudden you see a bulge and then I guess maybe he had like what a water balloon or something or a water gun in his pocket and that's how he, he did it? I don't know. But I didn't uh, understand the purpose of it. Just man, just man up and do it. Like Vince McMahon did it, didn't he? Do you remember when um, uh, Stone Cold had the gun to Vince McMahon's head which yeah. had the Bang 316 flag in it? Yeah, right, right. Um, Vince McMahon legitimately pissed himself on live television for that. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. That's awesome. I just, yeah. professional. It, it was Big Show's laugh after it happened, I think, that made, I know. It, made it that much more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. just, I'm done. I'm done. Fantastic. I Big Show was retiring last year. What happened? He likes money. And he lost some weight. Yeah, fair enough. He looks healthy <laughs> now. That. Maybe that's why, too. Yeah, all, all he has to do at the moment is do a managing gig, so it's not exactly strenuous for him. Okay. And whenever I see any kind of WE documentary, he's backstage anyway, so it's not like he stopped traveling. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'm looking forward to his um, when he eventually goes in the Hall of Fame, which I'm sure will be soon in the next few years. And um, he's going to have a hell of a speech, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. I know he lived through everything, like all the good eras. So yeah, I could only imagine yeah, what yeah. he has to say. Well, I'll throw out an honorable mention here. This is a weird one, but I don't know why. It just, I don't know. It, it tickled me where I shouldn't have been tickled, and it made me laugh, so, so to speak. <laughs> it was when Matt Riddle kicked off his slippers when he was in the ring. <laughs> I love that that's become a thing for him now because he did it in the NXT debut. Right. And yeah, kicking off sandals is going to be his thing. I love it. Although, 
it is funny. And it was, and I love that. So that is funny. But what's also funny is that two people in the audience have gone home with one oh, shit. flipper each. Like, That's as, right. As a souvenir. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to take home. Oh. Kind of customer fortune. Um, one, one thing people should check out is there's a new YouTube channel that WE is uh, producing. Uh, it's called WE Performance Center. And if oh, you wow. ever watched the show Breaking Ground, which was on yeah, the network, which was like the best thing they produced, True. they've now done like a YouTube channel of it. And uh, one of them is about Matt Riddle's kind of debut and getting to the company. Uh, so yeah, that's worth checking out as well. That's good. He's basically Rob Van Dam, isn't he? That's his character on the mic. He's just yes. Van Damme. Ah, I never thought like of that. Good call. Like yeah. Stoner dude in the early 2000s. True. Bro. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yo, man. Uh, Maybe the, that's another moment that made me laugh due to... Um, I can't remember what match is happening now. I think it might have been Brock and Brian, mm. but Jesse's in the movie Waterboy, obviously, um, and Rob Schneider's famous, you can do it! <laughs> yeah. A chant broke out in that match of, you can do it, you can do it! Oh my god. <laughs> and because it's LA, I really, in my head, have Rob Schneider in that arena oh starting god. that chant, and it made me really happy. <laughs> Also, one more thing. I know we already talked about um, Ryan and Brock, but yeah. an honourable mention within that match. Sure. And it goes back to um, SmackDown with Brian winning the title as well. Okay. Brian can deliver one hell of a low blow. Oh yes, that, they that's look amazing. That's probably the thing that I loved most about that match. The crowd was so silent because it was like, oh, here's a Brock squash again. Yeah. Great. And the minute Brian hit that low blow the crowd just came unglued and then he hit that flying knee and they were just into it. The pacing change was fantastic. It was. And, yeah. and that's why I made it on my list for sure. Great storytelling. <clears throat> just like I said, any other honorable mentions or you guys good? Uh, Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose looked very fine. Just Mandy Rose in general. I'm happy she was added to the 5 on 5 team and uh, I'm with Corey Graves all the way. Mandy and if I, if I can have a complaint as well, um, okay. Sasha Banks' hair is too long. Oh, it is. How can she see? Way too long. It's too long. You can't wrestle with hair down to your waist. It's just stupid. True. They need to, because um, Sonia Deville and Ronda with the MMA, you put that shit in a ponytail and you have a fight. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sort it out. Or you um, do some sort of crazy... Egyptian um, plaits like Ronda Rousey. Ah, exactly, my friend. You got it. And no one's going to mention... Her head looks like a Crash Bandicoot level. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. <laughs> no one's going to mention X-Pac's dog? Oh, oh, yeah. We've got to mention X-Pac's dog. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, me, me and Max, uh, we went on a bit of an um, X-Pac binge on YouTube. Oh, shit. We? we went down a YouTube yeah. hole of X-Pac just being interviewed about various things mainly china because that's where all the good stuff is of course but um just sort of chatting about stuff in general but yeah this dog seems to have um, saved his life like he reckons that he stays sober now to look after this special needs dog and oh. all that and uh, and that's great and it's lovely that he's found that of course but that dog don't look like he's got long left no and what's expat gonna do when that dog dies he's back on the meth that's for sure exactly well i expect another movie then did you watch, um, Steve, did you watch on the network um, the, you know, the WWE 24s they do, the documentaries? Right, yeah, I've seen a couple. Uh, they did one on the, the Raw 25th anniversary? No, I didn't see that one. Okay, well, in it, X-Pac turns up backstage with his dog. Oh, <laughs> so fuck. He in with that dog. And he goes up to Undertaker and they're <coughs> chatting. And they're talking about 
the dog and he goes, yeah, so um, this dog, you know, um, she saved my life, man. And um, I, I just I just found her. And Undertaker goes, what, today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's great. It's worth, it's worth watching that documentary just for that moment. Oh, my God. Fantastic. <laughs> I got one last comment about this whole weekend. That I'm very disappointed with. There was no Elias. There was no Elias. So now, WWE, you better make him win the Royal Rumble. How about that? That's who I want to win the Royal Rumble, is Elias. Great. You dream big. I try. Or at least Money in the Bank, if if, if he doesn't win uh, at the Royal uh, Royal Rumble. I feel like Elias is always going to be the... um, the one everyone wants to win, but is never going to win. And realistically, you go, yeah, no. He's the Damien Sandow of this, no, this generation. No, he's not. Don't <laughs> he even is. say he's that. He's as hell. I don't deny that. But I think he's at literally Damien Sandow in disguise. Oh, my. <laughs> they do look alike. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on. Even on this past episode of Raw last week, when he said he was going to call child services on Leo Rush, I, I couldn't. I almost choked myself. <laughs> That oh come on man, it's good. No, Elias is good. We do like Elias. Like like but like you said though, um, f- funny don't print money. <sighs> Unfortunately, I know. That's what a lot of Elias is, yeah. Yeah, but he could go on that weird. They could turn him and go on that weird like Jeff Jarrett streak, where he's just going around whacking everyone like he used to. It's true. Yeah. Can't have headshots now though. Oh, that's well back shots. Back shots, yeah, true. <laughs> Goddamn back shots. It's the safest so way. So the next time, the next time we're doing one of these will be after the Royal Rumble, won't it? Correct. You got it. it. Yeah. So, so we can hark back to it when we do the Royal Rumble show. Okay. Um, who's your pick, Steve? Okay. Obviously, no. My 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 want is Elias, but you know who I think it is going to be. Oh. Pending the timing, I'm going with surprise entrant, fellow Canadian, another favorite wrestler of mine, Kevin Owens. Good shout. Very good okay. shout. Okay. Um, cool. What about the women's one? Oh, man. That's that's harder. There's just so many of them that are good now. Fuck. Wim, okay. Um, you know what? I'll go ask her again. Ask her again? Nice. Uh-huh. Max? Um, for Raw... Sorry, for men. Sorry. Just assume Raw is going to win. It's difficult because I'm, I'm I'm torn between Braun, AJ, and Drew. Um, Good picks too. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go Drew. I'm gonna go. go out there with a with a random pick of Drew McIntyre, and women's got to be Becky. Becky being able to choose whoever she wants to challenge goes for Ronda. Mania right there. Main events Mania. Yeah, I'm compl- I'm completely with you on Becky Lynch for the women's. Um, for the blokes, I'm. Even though he's got no momentum now whatsoever, I'm gonna stick with Finn Balor. Oh wow! Oh, shit. Every every year I go with every Finn. year. Yeah, and I'm gonna be right sooner or later. I think I, I know he's got nothing going for him at the moment, but um, they they can turn that around quite quickly. I reckon they'll um, want to put Finn back in the main event scene. It's true, and uh, my opinion will probably definitely change by the time January rolls around. But uh, for now, that's where I'm at. There we go. So we'll remember that, Steve, and we'll talk about it on um, on the post Royal Rumble Dap podcast. Yeah, you guys got to remind me because now, like you guys said, weed's legal, so I might forget by then. 
Well, that's true. I mean, um, if only this was being recorded or something. Right? You know? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I want to. <clears throat> I wasn't really prepared because this is going to be a special bonus episode, but these guys are special people. And just because it's a bonus doesn't mean you should not play the games that I play with my regular guests. Max sort of got to play them when he was on. But I'm going to do and, a little. Rest- and Steve, let's just point out. What's up? Which game did I play where I absolutely nailed it? Again, uh, is it the lowest one? Uh, what, yeah, d- yes, you got perfect three out of three. You cor- correctly indicated which were the correct dumb laws in the world. I nailed it, Jesse. <laughs> you would have been proud. Okay, cool. No pressure then. But since I introduced the other game, the word game with you, Max, it's been a hit. People like it as well, where you have to guess what year a word was put into the Webster's Dictionary. I've sort of made it wrestling themed. How about this? I picked oh, out nice. three wrestlers. And you guys joined together, got to tell me what year they debuted in. And debut, I mean wrestling debut. Not WWE, not whatever. Wrestling debut. Day one. Oh, okay. Do you guys want three options with it? Or do you guys just want to take a full crack at it? Like, I mean, like years. Okay. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, say crack at it. Because then if we're miles out, it'll be funny. For, and if we nail it, it'll be more impressive. Perfect. I'm not here for funny, Jesse. I'm here for victory. <laughs> now, I tried to stick to wrestlers that I think that you guys like. So let, let's see if I'm wrong on any of these. So the first one I got up, I believe is one of Jesse's favorite of all time, Ric Flair. When did he debut in wrestling? Um, 1700 and... <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so let's think about this, Max. Um, he... So when did he have the um, the plane accident? That was in the 70s, right? I believe the plane crash was 78, I think, okay. um, off the top of my head. So I'm going to say 76. What do you say? I'm going to, I reckon it was like early 70s he would have debuted. 71, 72? Okay, shall we meet in the middle and go 74? All right, fair. All right, 74, Steve. Max was dead on. It's 1972. Ah, no, I'm sorry, mate. I let you down. <laughs> That's why we don't go pointless together. No. <laughs> you see? So, so far, technically, Max is still perfect. That's true, yeah, technically. But, yeah, I just dragged <laughs> you down. All right. I like I'm going to tea with you, by the way, but I'm still getting angry that you're... <laughs> <laughs> now, I know this is one of your favorites. Chris Benoit, when did he make his wrestling debut? 1986. Well, that's confident. Yes, I also agree. <laughs> it is 1985. Pretty close. Ah, oh, damn it. I was so close. But I might give it to you because it was at the end of November. November 22nd, 85. So that's almost technically 86. There you go. See, I was only, what, like 36 days out or something. That's there you go. Have, you, have your pity point. <laughs> okay so you know what i won't give that to you so then you guys are one and one well the first one i should give to you whatever don't keep score it is what it is last one since we were talking about him elias when did elias make his wrestling debut oh jesus that's gonna be a tough one because i bet he was dwelling around on the indies for a lot longer than we think he was what do you reckon Max? yeah um or did he just join nxt well while you guys think how about this I'm going to, here are three of his old ring names. So it could paint a picture. So he's had quite a few ring names. He used to go by 
Logan Shulo. Strong. El Vagabundo. <laughs> Stronger. And my favorite, Heavy Metal Jesus. <laughs> Amazing. That, that is also my favorite. So he, he's definitely worthy indies then. He's, he's been around a while. Um, I'm going to go... 2009, 2010, 2010. As you're so bloody perfect, I'm going to agree with you. Final answer, 2010. Pretty close, 2008. Oh, oh yeah. Man. But, but that is longer. Than, see, I knew it would be longer than we thought. That's uh, yeah. a long time the dude's been around. I know, right? If you think about it, 10 years. That's crazy. See? So give him a shot. Give him a push. Yeah, there you go. Let's think about these other wrestlers. So, what was Ric Flair? Seven, I suppose in 10 years, they're all doing quite well for themselves. Um, Benoit in 95 was over at WCW. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it, it seems to take about 10 years for wrestlers to achieve um, proper professional careers. True, not if you're Ronda Rousey. Unless you're Ronda Rousey or Kurt Angle, yeah. Or Brock. Yeah. Brock did it too as soon as he came in. He won that title within a year. Okay, there are exceptions. (laughs) Tyler Bates, another one. Well, you say that, but English wrestlers start wrestling at the age of about two. (laughs) Yeah, Tyler Tyler Bates was actually a 10-year veteran before. You know what? Let's just see. Let's just uh, wet my beak here. Okay, how about this? While I look this up, why don't you guys plug yourself and tell everyone where they could find you, where they could listen, all your good upcoming shit, whatever you want to talk about. Oh, okay then. Um, so we are from a podcast called Got Till Five, and Jesse, where's our website? GotTillFive.com is our website. Um, we do stuff on there as well. We got guests and that. If you like wrestlers, um, we interview them. We interview people who put on good wrestling shows. If you're interested in the British scene, and then um, yeah, find us on Twitter and that. Um, we just got a new sponsor called Monkey Banana. They're pretty cool as well. Check them out. Yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify. If you just search Got Till 5 anywhere, you will find us. Our last episode was Top 5 In-Ring Injuries with um, Sam from Wrestling Resurgence interview. And we haven't decided what the next episode is going to be, so stay tuned and follow to find out. It's exciting. I'm going to throw a suggestion out there. You don't need to use it. This is just me being a a, a stupid idiot. Why don't you guys do a Top 5 Wardrobe Malfunctions? Slippage, exactly yeah. a ball bag or a, you know a, a little crack of the you know woman body well, part or an actual nip slip. You know, there's all kinds out there. Velveteen Dream had one. Speaking of war games, did he? he did he? Uh, yeah, his, his ass came out and he did a homage to Shawn Michaels by not pulling up his trunks. Oh, oh nice. I mean, I completely missed that actually. Oh, I was I was eagle eyed. Uh. <laughs> 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 um, but no, that's a good shout, Steve. We should definitely do that. Um, but we we need to be careful not to be sexist, so we should probably um, throw in some dudes as well. True. Yes. Well, it's your show. Um, you do whatever Neville's you want. Bag come out. Neville's wall bag did come out once, and I posted it on a um, rest, a picture of it on a wrestling forum. Nice. And it was taken down for not being wrestling related. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. All right. So Tyler Bates de- or Bates debuted in. 2012, which put him at the age of 15. There you go. I mean, not a 10-year vet, but that's still quite scary, isn't it? It is. It is. Cool. Well, people can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Finger Styles. 
the podcast on Twitter, the podcast DAP. You could email us, thepodcastdap at gmail.com. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and podbros.com. I am a part of their network. Go listen to my show, other shows. And if you shop at Amazon, click on their Amazon banner. Takes you two seconds, free of charge. Helps them out, helps me out. And if you want to continue helping me out, go to wehavemerch.com. I have mugs, I have women's tees, I have men's tees. They ship worldwide. So to all my international listeners, that goes for you. And for some odd reason, I don't know, good or bad, but we'll see what comes out of this. I have broken into the Russian market and I've had a spike over there for some odd reason. And so now if you are Russian and listening, you could buy a mug or a women's t-shirt or a men's t-shirt. And uh, poppyapparel.com. Go to poppyapparel.com. Buy something nice as well. 10% off if you enter promo code the podcast with a capital D. And finally, every Sunday afternoon, it won't matter on this episode. See, and this is why... If you listen to my show on EMZT Radio, you don't get these bonus episodes because they only air my weekly shows. They don't air my bonus episodes. So that's strictly for you podcast listeners out there. But if you want to listen to every other show, go to EMZT Radio every Sunday. I'm on their station as well. And that's about it. Gentlemen, thank you once again. It's been a blast. Thank you. We love doing these, Steve. Um, I'm looking forward to the rumble. Yeah, me too. It's always uh, nice to come and actually talk some up-to-date wrestling. And, yeah, and thank you, Steve, for oh. um, all the help you've given us over the last couple of weeks. You, um, I, I, I don't know if you, your fans know, but you filled in for Max um, on show before last. Did an amazing job. Um, you also um, edited. edited. So you yep. did, yeah, you did an absolutely amazing job and all that. So thank you. No, thank you, and and I did mention it so people could go listen to it. So hopefully you got a spike of listeners from Toronto area, and if you didn't, then you are from. Well, actually, I don't even get listeners from Toronto, so what the fuck? Fuck them. <laughs> Most of my listeners are from the states anyway, so <laughs> go figure. <laughs> but anyways, yes, I did host or co-hosted with uh, Jesse because Max was out and under. I guess yeah, he was literally under for surgery, so <clears throat> we recorded. And obviously, go check out this week and every other episode for sure. Definitely, but don't go check it out on Spotify because I'll be jealous and I'll and I'll cry myself to bed. And <laughs> you'll get there, Steve. Don't worry, mate. One day, one day, I hope. Any parting words? Um, nah. <laughs> okay. um, open, open, open your mind in the bedroom and try everything once. But not literally. I don't want people sending me pictures of them drilling into someone's temple and then coming inside it or something. No, literally send every picture of everything you do in the bedroom to Steve. Please. Fantastic. I certainly intend to from now on. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, he's Jesse, he's Max, I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.